Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc's Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, Donovan, the intern, with you this fine Tuesday morning. Oilers game day. So they're set to take on the Columbus Blue Jackets down at Rogers Place just after 7 o'clock. Keep it locked here on Sports 1440 throughout the day. We'll keep you up to date on exactly what is going on. Going to be a fun one. Looking forward to it. The Edmonton Oilers looking to make it 14 straight wins. And uh, a little statistic passed along to me from the fine folks at the NHL. Sam Gagne can be the first player in NHL history to be a part of multiple 14-game winning streaks as he played with the Columbus Blue Jackets in the 2016-17 season. You know who was on that stat? Hot and fresh, I believe, yesterday in the uh, post-practice presser. Kevin? Gary Marjong. Oh, he beat me to it. Yeah. Well, he, uh, so, so I think Gary was the uh, only one that asked Sam about it. Yeah. So I don't know where he dug it up or whatever the case, but uh, yeah, Kevin had that little tidbit uh, off the hop this morning, courtesy of, well, uh, of Gary. Well, I guess I'll give uh, Mr. Marajong some credit as well, but it was the NHL stats people that passed it out to me. I don't want to get credit for it. I once tweeted one of their statistics out and <laughs> feel like great digging connor i said no no this is not me i don't do that you're like you know the league just puts the stuff out there yeah like. the league apparently jerry and brian swain brian swain brian swain really who's going to be producing the basketball show oh which gets going early february and uh He's got some random statistics on Twitter. He's worth a follow. Sometimes I'll just retweet because it's like, how did you know that he's the third goalie in NHL history to have a whatever it might be? He, he's just got some very random stuff. Uh, keep an eye out for Mr. Swain joining the Sports 1440 group later on. Uh, this episode, like I said, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. Coming up later on, we will be joined by Mr. Pete Jensen from NHL Fantasy. So if you have any questions, get them into one 401 1440 Get those questions his way. Maybe some daily fantasy questions you might have. Maybe year-long. Maybe some sleepers you might want to take a look at. Get those questions in throughout the entirety of the day. Of course, there's uh, lots going on in the NHL outside of the Oilers. you got the Rangers, Sharks. Ducks will host the Sabres. Blues taking on the Flames. Wild Caps. Golden Knights take on Patrick Waugh's Islanders. Flyers will host the Lightning Stars. Red Wings, Canadians, Senators in the Association. Lots tonight, but also last night. Now, I just wonder, did anybody have Joel Embiid in their lineup last night as he dropped 70 points against the San Antonio Spurs, 18 boards. If you had Joel Embiid, not too shabby. Maybe you match that up with Carl Anthony Towns, who scored 62 points. Like What was going on last night? The Timberwolves lost that game. But, yes, not only did they lose their game, he took flack from his head coach yeah. for his play <laughs> in putting up 62 points. Well, I played irresponsible defense. Immature play, I believe. Was, was it the immature? Exact quote. That was the one. <laughs> Not happy. Not happy. The uh, Timberwolves head coach. Also, you know, Celtics Mavericks meeting. Jason Tatum had a heck of a game. 39 points, 11 boards in the win. Luka Doncic doing things that he typically does. 33 points, 18 rebounds, 13 assists. Kevin Durant had 43 points. Man, Boeing's what were, a night. It was a good night in the association. The uh, the players were making plays. Like, could imagine you were like setting your daily fantasy lineup for the NBA and you, um, you, you think you're making a kind of like a, a you know, a little more under the radar pick with Cat 
or something, but then it doesn't even matter because all the other big names do also have monster <laughs> nights. So it's like for naught basically like between KD, uh, Joel, like it, it was, it was just a big night across the board, uh, in the association. Anand and Kumpo had a triple double 31, 17, 10 women. Yama in the same game, kind of shadowed by Joel Embiid, 33 points. Well, that's the funny thing because like the Spurs stink out loud and the Sixers are of course a team that's still, you know, at least in their own minds and maybe some of their fans, like a legitimate contender type team. Uh, of course, Embiid goes off, but like this, that was a track meet game. What was, I think, 132 or 133, 123, the final or so, yeah. 10 or 11 point gap uh, in that one. So I think the Spurs, uh, or sorry, the Sixers would have certainly preferred to win that game in a little more resounding fashion and not give up that many points to the lowly uh, San Antonio club. But uh, a win's a win, I guess, right? And in the NBA, that's uh, truer than anywhere else because uh, there's no loser points or anything like that in the uh, in the NBA. 100% uh, tonight, maybe some guys who may go off. Uh, Nikola Jokic taking on the Pacers. You've also got uh, Zion. Could Zion have a big game? Probably not, but Shai Gildas <laughs> Alexander taking on the Trailblazers. There's some potential right there. So you've also got the Battle of Los Angeles, Kawhi versus Anthony Davis. What are what do you look at when you think of like when you think of the Clippers? It's like yeah, they they have a nice team, but does anyone really take it's them just, seriously? It's just mediocrity in perpetuity. And I say mediocrity as if they like are in the middle of the standings. Like they've had some really good clubs over the years, uh, even going like go back to like the Blake Griffin era. But I don't think anybody ever really thinks they can like get out of the second round. It's it's unfortunate, and the worst part is they'll no matter what, even if the Lakers miss the playoffs. Clippers get to the second round they're still second fiddle come the start of next season regardless so it's an unfortunate situation for them but I mean like I, I still keep tabs on Kawhi Leonard of course I'm a little heartbroken uh, when he elected to leave Toronto following the championship but I mean hey you got to respect it your flags fly forever um, you respect his decision so you still keep tabs on him and he's still you know like he's he can be a dominant player at times but the key is staying on the court and wanting to be on the court at times too with the the load management stuff so um that that's uh that's i mean hey late game so that'll be nice uh you can catch the t- end of that following the end of the oilers game or if you do got some dual screen action maybe have both on at the same time through the eight o'clock hour uh so that might be one i'll probably uh tune into at some point tonight whether it be at the oilers game intermissions or like i said post game see how she's going you talk about those clippers teams and for whatever reason i think back to playing nba live the Elton Brand, Corey Maggetti, Lamar Odom, Michael Olawakandi, <laughs> Quentin Richardson. Not good teams, but I thought they had a bright future back then. Didn't quite pan out. Uh, here in town tonight, Brandon, the Oilers in action tonight, taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, I guess those daily fantasy players out there, and we, we can ask our guests every single time, and it's going to say, yeah, you know, that's probably the, play the same old guys are probably worth it. The thing is, like Connor McDavid, relatively quiet on this team's uh, fourteen game heat or thirteen game heater. Pardon me, um, by his own standards, of course. Point wise, point wise, yes. I mean, he's been playing terrific yeah. and getting into the rough stuff. We saw that um, at the end of last week. So uh, he's being a leader and leading his team to thirteen straight victories. But yeah, po- point production wise, it's a uh, it is quite quiet by his own uh, his own standards. So I mean, hey, it. When that's usually happening, you kind of expect a, a f- three, four, maybe even five-point night uh, kind of breakout. And if there's a, a team to do it against, uh, tonight against the Blue Jackets or Thursday against the Blackhawks would certainly be some prime contenders to, to have an offensive explosion against. Yeah, I think he would be all right when you say that. And, you know, you, you talk about for his standards, 
in the last, well, let's just go in the month of January. Three goals, 11 points. That's in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. So point per game player, but I've loved his tenacity, you know, elsewhere defensively, uh, mucking it up a little bit if he has to. Great to see you for the Columbus Blue Jackets when you want point production. I mean, there's not a whole lot there. Uh, Johnny Goudreau leading the way, 29 points in 45 games. Also a dash 22, if you believe in that statistic still. Uh, for goal scorers, Kirill Marchenko, someone who's been okay. Boone Jenner, Fantilli, you know, they have some some okay players you might want to watch out for. The way the Oilers have been playing defensively, it seems like it's two goals and that's it, given up. You know, they, they tend to shut the door if it gets to the two-goal point. So I don't know if you're going to want to uh, load up on the Blue Jackets tonight, but the Oilers might be a good way to go. Brandon, when you look at this this Blue Jackets team, do we have a good uh, ball walker? <laughs> there was a, a power ball walker, senior citizen, full arm swing right past the front of the studio. It caught both the eyes of myself and uh, Donovan, the intern. Good good uh, technique out Great there. technique. Great technique. You're still watching? Oh, he's he's over in front of Bubba Gump now, and the arms are still going. There, If you, if you walk past our studio, we might comment. <laughs> We're people watchers. Usually in lighthearted fashion. No, that was like admiration, I think. Oh, 100%. Like, hey, game recognized game. I showed up here when the building first, like when it was first announced, we had a little get together just to kind of tour the studio. And I got here probably 20 minutes early and I was walking the mall with these senior citizens who were doing the mall walk and they were burning past me. Like they, it's real. And then they get to the food court and have their coffee. I'm thinking like that might be, on weekends where I am not, uh, you know, out jet setting about the province for uh, hockey, see, broadcasting, just back to the farm type thing, I think I might start doing that because, I, like, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I've uh, I am not quite as trim uh, as I used to be, particularly in the waistline area. So getting some extra like walks in and the power walking thing, the mall, the weather will always be great. That's not a concern, especially the slip and fall hazard that I'm always liable for because I'm a accident prone person. So come in here, do that and then go down and chop it up with them in the food court, enjoying a a coffee, uh, in the AM. So I think that might uh, work its way into my weekend plans. You can learn a lot. My dad, my dad used to golf with some seniors out at St. Albert or in St. Albert. I think the course is gone now, whatever it was. And he said they would go out like 12 of them, not groups of four. <laughs> it was 12 guys. It's ready golf. Just, you a, hit. Ba- just a bachelor party every, yeah. every day, <laughs> every like Sunday morning. Cause and it was during the summer. So he'd like get out there. He's a teacher. So he had the summer off. So he'd get out there with these guys, just go chop it up. That could be you. Infinite wisdom can be bestowed upon you. Think of the years that though, that they've lived, the things they've seen. Oh, some crazy stuff. <laughs> I sometimes, you know, I, I get like why they look at us like this generation. Yeah. Come on. We're soft. <laughs> the things they would have had to go through. Uh, we got Fat Efron texting in the first annual sports 14 and 40 mall walk race question mark. <laughs> the first annual first ever. I'll pace it. I'll be the pace, the pace setter. We should do that. It could be. I think we should do like the West Edmonton mall sports 14 40 Olympics. We do go karting. Uh, some sort of food event where you have to eat something quickly. Uh, mini golf. Mini golf. Something at, like the Galaxy Land Arcade. There is a lot of things there. I think yeah. arcade we could utilize. Best uh, high high uh, platform diving into the the water area. 
That's not, not the water park. That's the, frowned upon. The, the part where yeah. if you do it, you're banned from the mall. Yeah, we don't want to get people banned. How about at the water park, fastest down like the Blue Bullet or something? Okay. Time trials. There <laughs> It's like bobsleigh, but yeah. just in a water slide. And then if we want to make it interesting, two man, <laughs> two people, you just grab each other and race down the slides. Yeah, I mean, there, there's Intimate. a lot of things we could do here. I don't know if we ever will. Maybe the Lego store, Lego building contest, like a decath- decathlon. Yeah, not, that's the ten one. Ten events. Ten events, yeah. We could, we could come up with ten events. I agree. For sure. Well, we'll see. Running up the stairs at... The movie theater <laughs> almost called it Silver City. That's what it used to be called. Oh, really? Yeah, like oh. it was a like that's like the the brand of movie theater. Or yeah, that's the, what it used the... to be, Silver City. Oh, I don't know. Sure, okay. it was cool. Well, I'll show you it at the break. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was actually very cool. And the dragon, I remember the dragon. The dragon was sick. I don't. I don't think the dragon's still there. But no. it, it used to be quite the quite the cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Digressing. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to talk about the. Uh, the imaginary the wonders mall of uh, West Edmonton Mall is what the one last thing is West Edmonton Mall considered like a modern wonder of the world. I mean, I don't think it's the biggest anymore. Should be. We should expand it. We used to have a driving range up there. Eliminate more parking and just make the mall even bigger. <laughs> Build up more levels. Yeah. Fourth level. We have to talk to the city, talk to the mayor. Zoning. Yeah, make sure we're allowed to All do the so. Guidelines. We can go higher. We got some engineers listening, I bet. They can give us their, their design plans. Expertise. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes. <laughs> I think I think we were going to go back, and then we just trailed off. Well, that's, yeah, that, yeah. I am uh, might as well be like a dog watching cars drive by out the front window, how easily I can get distracted sometimes. But, no, the the Blue Jackets, we, we had a chat, a great chat with Jody Shelley right at the end of the Kevin Carey show, of course, a longtime player in Columbus, uh, enforcer, and, and now an analyst with the club kind of talking about how this team like they basically they signed Gaudreau and they were kind of thinking you know the with the with line a there uh it's kind of like all right we've got the pieces to quickly retool this and, and give our team a new look but they're practically back into rebuild mode now with the, la- the way these last two years have gone the season started a disaster with the Mike Babcock fiasco um even after like that they rebolstered their blue line, Provorov, Severson, uh, but Wierenski cannot stay healthy. Line A, pretty much the same boat. Like the, the team's a disaster. The Merzlikin saga now in net with him, wanting a trade but not wanting a trade, and now playing really hard. So the the Merzlikins thing, I think, is maybe the equalizer in tonight's game. We all know how great Stuart Skinner has been, but Elvis Merzlikins is a goalie with capability, like game-stealing capability. He, he can do that. Um, he hasn't really flashed much of it. I would say probably in the last two seasons um, when he's been in the lineup, but it's they're they're giving him the ball. Like he was complaining about not being uh, not, he's not a backup goalie and they're pretty much uh, giving that to him. Uh, I believe Spencer Martin was waived or sent down. So he, he's the one factor I would say, and their defense is still quite strong. Wierenski will not be in the lineup tonight, but like offensively, they've got a couple of young bucks, uh, Marchenko, Fantilli, um, Kent Johnson when he's playing. But it, it, they're just a team that doesn't really pop off the page at you as being an intimidating factor. The Oilers can't take them lightly by any stretch, but in terms of like a daily fantasy thing, I don't think there's a single blue jacket I'd be looking at, even at a value price to probably slide into my lineup, especially the way the Oilers have been playing defensively lately. Exactly. I mean, when you look at the Blue Jackets in terms of goal scoring, they are a bottom 10 team. They're 10th in goal scored. Goals against, second worst in the league, 169. That's not up. good. 
that's a minus 34 differential, which isn't the worst, but certainly not the best. And we'll see what happens tonight. Quick text here. Mitchell says, if the Jackets don't put up four plus tonight, I'd be surprised. If the Blue Jackets put up four plus tonight, I would be surprised. If you're talking that they're going to put four past Stuart Skinner, yeah, I'd be surprised. The way the Oilers have played as of late. The way Stuart Skinner has played of late. Yeah. I mean, we we all knew the Oilers are due for a letdown here, but I, I really don't think it will happen until after the All-Star break. Like, I'll be honest. They're so they're rolling along right now, and all these people concerns about the, the Corey Perry messing with the team mojo. Well, he's not playing till Saturday at the earliest, so you can put those uh, worries away. If anything, this gives, like, an extra morale boost about, like, from the outside looking in, this is a free agent player and a pretty sought-after one by all accounts. And he chose to come here because he believes that this team has what it takes. A guy who's won a Stanley Cup and been to three other Cup finals. He sees something in this team moving. Like, he has, like, I'm sure he probably spent some time uh, back in Ontario, like, offseason-wise, but spent most of his life living in California. Uh, spent the time in Dallas and South Florida, right, uh, with the Lightning. So, like... The reasoning to come to the Oilers, because let's be honest, we all love Edmonton, but at this time of year, it's not the uh, most pleasant place to spend your time, especially when you've been used to living in more uh, generous climates. Like that, that speaks something about this team. And so when the players see one of their peers make that decision, I think that provides a morale boost within the locker room as well. It's like, this guy believes in us. Let's just keep trucking, right? Uh, so with two bad opponents in the Blackhawks and, and the Blue Jackets tonight, um, I expect them to kind of carry on at business as per usual as they have for the past three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily buy the disruption thing. Like you said, especially if he's not going to play till Saturday and then also you're on the ice thinking, oh, Corey Perry. Like, <laughs> you got more important things to worry about when you're out there. I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. And if it is, I, I imagine after one goal, one fight, one scrum, the teammates will embrace him quite quickly. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Pete Jensen of NHL Fantasy. If you've got any questions, send them in right now. one 401 is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Hallie, Douglas, and Donovan the Intern. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 1123, thank you guys for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas. We've got Donovan, the intern with us as well, keeping us on track. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc's Bruce Grove and right here in West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Of course, we're here at the Stingray Studios from West Edmonton Mall. You can also get us via the old email, Connor at Sports1440. .ca and Brandon at sports1440.ca. Make sure you check us out across the old social media platforms as well. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, slash X, Threads, Blue Sky, wherever you might want to. Make sure you give us a follow. Great content all the time. Also chances to win from our uh, contests and uh, breaking news. So like I said, check us out on social media. Of course, the Oilers in action tonight, taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Lots going on around the NHL. We're going to get to our Fantasy Wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. A reminder, if you did win a gold ticket throughout the season, make sure you head down to the CBH this Sunday, Championship Weekend, your chance to go to the Super Bowl. That's for those of you who won a golden ticket. If not, I'm sure there's some space for you to get in and come watch the game. It's going to be some fun action on Sunday. Also, make sure you download the app so you can collect CVH points. And just for downloading, you'll get a free order of garlic fingers. It's very simple. We bring in Pete Jensen from NHL Fantasy. Pete, good afternoon. How are you doing today? 
Doing great. I know uh, things are pretty good these days up in Edmonton with a 13-game winning streak, so excited to get to the implications and upcoming slate um, this week for the Oilers, which is pretty favorable to keep this thing going. Well, yeah, why don't we start there? We were just kind of talking about how Connor McDavid in the month of January, uh, 11 points in eight games, but doing a lot of really good things that aren't showing up maybe on the fantasy side of things and just playing with a little more tenacity. He's back checking. He's he's looked very good. But, you know, in that absence, the Oilers still winning games, putting up points. Uh, Who's really impressed you in the month of January since this team's got on this heater? Well, in addition to McDavid, I mean, this is just generally speaking, I feel like this is the time, especially now that they've overcome that horrible start to the season, like this is their year to try to win the whole thing. They've gotten to the Western Conference final in the McDavid era, and I just I picked them at the beginning of the season, and especially seeing them roar back from that early deficit in the standings and getting back you know, right into the thick of things in the Pacific, like I feel like they're in really good shape as long as they stay healthy uh, to potentially win the whole thing this year. But to answer your question, Warren Fogle has definitely impressed me. I was just looking during the winning streak, the 13-gamer, he has 13 even-strength points in that span, which is tied with McDavid and Drysdale for the Oilers' lead. So, you know, we were kind of looking a couple of weeks back, like who are the secondary, third-line type guys that might – you know, emerge over the course of the season and become fantasy relevant. And Warren Fogel has had a resounding yes to that question. It's been pretty impressive to see him go on the second line, mostly with Evander Kane and Leon Dreisaitl. Now, Pete, when you look at this Oilers team defensively in this streak, at the very beginning of it all, December 21st and 22nd, they allowed three goals to the Jersey uh, New Jersey Devils and then the New York Rangers. Since then, they haven't allowed more than two goals. So in daily fantasy, when you're looking at a team playing the Oilers, is there any maybe hesitancy to take those players just because the Oilers have been so stingy defensively? Yeah, during this stretch, for sure. I think season at large, they're still a little vulnerable uh, on a game-to-game basis. Like even tonight against Columbus, Columbus has some sneaky goal scorers, whether it's Boone Jenner, who just came back from injury on Friday, Kirill Marchenko is slightly ahead of him in his total on the season. They also have some of these other guys like you know Adam Fantilli and uh, Voronkov. I mean, they still have Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Liney's out of the lineup, but... They can come at you in a lot of different ways on three different lines, and they're one of the worst teams in the league this year, and that speaks to the parity in the league and stuff like that. So as much as you're looking at Stuart Skinner's past 10 games and saying, oh, the defense is playing well in front of him, the the forwards are playing two-way game in front of him, you know, still any given game wouldn't be surprised to see him allow three or four, um, generally speaking. So... Even this week, maybe less so against uh, Chicago, who doesn't have Bedard right now on Thursday. But teams like Nashville this weekend when they face the Oilers, teams like Columbus tonight, you know, maybe it's a a type of scenario where you look at the overs in those games because I could still see those teams, even if the Oilers continue to win, score, you know, two, three, four goals and defeat. Pete Jensen joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wheelhawk Beef Jerky, one 401 If you've got any questions, you can also check out Pete's work at NHL Fantasy and NHL.com. Uh, Patrick Waugh hired with the New York Islanders. Maybe an opportunity to to capitalize and pounce on guys who you know could get a little bit of a bump with a new coach. Is there any names out in Long Island that you think uh, maybe people could look at from the waiver wire? 
Definitely. I mean, Anders Lee has been playing a lot of the season with Barzell and Horvat. He's always pretty steady with his peripheral category coverage. Uh, the scoring comes and goes in spurts and stuff like that. But pick him up, pick him up if he's available for sure. You know, I think Semyon Varlamov with the past connection to Patrick Waugh. Remember 2014, Waugh won the Jack Adams for top coach, and Varlamov was a Vezina Trophy finalist and also had a great season a couple of years ago with the Islanders, has been pretty steady as the backup since Sorokin has become the full-fledged number one. But I feel like the best scenario for fantasy is to buy low on either Sorokin, whose save percentage is not as good as he has looked in some of these games, facing so many high-danger shots. And I really like Varlamov as one of the backup, one of the best backups in the whole league. So one other guy to consider, maybe Kyle Palmieri. He got hot. I think it was last season down the stretch of the season uh, when he was playing a lot with Brock Nelson. So look for Palmieri to maybe finish strong as well under Patrick Waugh. I really like that hire to kind of light a fire under the Islanders and their fan base when they were kind of middling early on this season. Pete Jensen uh, from NHL Fantasy and NHL.com joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Uh, Pete, busy night in the NHL, nine-game slate total, uh, which provides a lot of options for the daily fantasy players. And uh, a couple high-profile names at the you know top of the price list, uh, Nikita Kucherov, Connor McDavid, uh, you know the likely company where they sit in the scoring race. Are there any high-profile names uh, that maybe you're steering clear of tonight uh, with the busy slate and thinking you can get some value elsewhere uh, that you think maybe match up wise or, or just the way the the last couple weeks have slated out that they're maybe not not uh, prone to pop off tonight per se uh, I mean maybe like I feel like spending up for some of those lightning guys other than Kucherov has been a little hit or miss this season they're, they still have the whole body of work but a lot of inconsistency the lightning are not as robust as a team overall uh, when you consider they do have a lot of star power but they just don't have enough depth uh, supporting them this season. That's why they're a fringe playoff team. Same thing with a lot of those Capitals guys. Like you have to fantasy-wise start looking at players like Ovechkin and, and John Carlson a lot differently than you have in recent years. So those are guys maybe I would fade. The Edmonton guys should be, you know, you can never say automatic, but it's a really favorable matchup against Columbus tonight. Um, I'm also looking at the Rangers as being – pretty safe bets uh, almost across the board against the Sharks. San Jose did get Logan Couture back from injury, so keep an eye on him. Uh, he could be productive for them uh, being a bottom feeder team, but you know he could really play a big part in them remaining competitive most nights the rest of the way. And then for the Islanders, like I, I definitely am looking at Bo Horvat as a, as a guy that could make a big difference tonight. He scored the overtime winner in Patrick Waugh's first game. Uh, since really they got him, when he's on the ice with Matthew Barzell, that's one of the best duos in the league this season and even last year prior to uh, the injury to uh, one of those guys last year. So, yeah, keep an eye on Horvat to keep this thing going this season. Pete Jensen, our guest on uh, Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Uh, Pete, uh, we got a text in from Eric here, and I'll kind of generalize it for the sake of uh, maybe all our listeners out there, about goalies in season-long fantasies. Uh, Eric's saying he owns Demko, Skinner, and Jake Ottinger, and obviously all three of them pretty high-profile guys. What are your thoughts on if you have three top-end starters but only you know two spots to play them on a nightly basis? Do, do you roll the dice on uh, picking which three to play on any given night if they're all three in action? 
or do you think trading one of them away uh, for a you know decent return is the smarter way to go? Uh, I would keep the three just because there are so many injuries around the league and stuff like that. And if you look like tonight, for example, like if you want to fade Jake Ottinger playing against the Red Wings, Red Wings are a good home team playing well ever since uh, Alex Lyon came back. Ottinger has been pretty good since coming back from injury, but it's just a tough matchup there. So, you know, I, w- I would roll the other two guys tonight. And I think a lot of the times you can break a tie with either home road slits or you know, different factors, someone coming back from injury, maybe you don't feel comfortable starting one guy. I would keep all three of those guys, though, for the rest of the season. Skinner has been on fire right there. And, you know, that guy's lucky that the people that he drafted and picked up off the waiver wire, no matter how he got those guys or traded for them, um, he's lucky that they've worked out because a lot of guys, you know, have been tough to put a finger on from a fantasy standpoint, like people that took Shesterkin really high, people that took Sorokin really high, even people that took Jake Ottinger with all that time he missed because of injury. It's tough when you invest so much into a goaltender and you don't have a team tandem uh, as that kind of insurance policy. And so with goalies, uh, just to stay on that for a second, like, on a night-to-night basis, same thing. You have to make some decisions on, on who to slide into your starting spots. Do you think that it's more or, or more intelligent or wiser, I guess, in your opinion, to to take a look at some of those uh, matchup-type numbers from, uh, like you said, home-road splits, uh, opponents' uh, goals for type thing, or pedigree, I guess. I'm like, well, this guy's just a better goalie. And maybe not necessarily comparing high-profile names like Demko, Skinner, and Ottinger, but if you maybe had a more secondary guy where the stats and the numbers say he might be the better play as opposed to one of the higher-profile names. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, more times than not, you want to start the guy who's better in reality. Even a guy like Sorokin has you know, faced, uh, I think, 35-plus shots on goal. He's had 35-plus saves in, like, 11 different games this year, and he has a winning record in that span. So uh, some guys, you know, kind of elevate their game when they have some of those forces working against them. But, I mean, you do have to step back and look at all the surprises around the league. I mentioned Lyons, Connor Ingram, Joey Decord, Charlie Lindgren. I mean, all these guys have outperformed so many big names around the league this season. It's been pretty crazy to see all these different, even, you know, Aiden Hill got, I know he's been out for a while, but when he was playing, he was like totally underestimated, even though Vegas won the cup last year, he was drafted like 130 or later in most leagues. And he was a Vezina trophy candidate prior to his injury. Maybe even he could get back into that mix when he finally comes back for Vegas at some point, hopefully soon. So yeah, I just feel like there's been so much value on the goalie position this year because all these guys, even Uko Pekalukinen for Buffalo, Buffalo's been so inconsistent, but you look at his past like five to seven games and he's pinned total dynamite for that team, keeping them in games and stuff. Pete Jensen from NHL Fantasy as well as NHL.com, our guest here on Sports 1440, Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Uh, last one for me for you, Pete, uh, circling back to kind of where we started with tonight's uh, Oilers-Columbus game. Now, Corey Perry is uh, not expected to make his debut in an Oilers uniform until Saturday against Nashville, but realistically, what do you what do you look at Perry's upside from a fantasy perspective once he does slide into the Oilers lineup? I mean, he's been kind of relevant, in, especially in DFS, even on some of these contending teams he's played in in recent years, like Tampa and stuff like that. Like he, he has a chance to make a big impact for this team on the ice and also chip in scoring with 
somewhat consistency. So it's going to be fun to watch. I think it's a good fit. It's exactly what the Oilers needed to round out their lineup. We'll see if they're active at all around the trade deadline, but I know they're up against the salary cap and stuff. And um, it's good that they have, you know, at home healthy compared to how they were looking at the start of the year with him being banged up and Bouchard's playing at an elite level, I think. So the Oilers are kind of like peaking. They're not peaking at the right time because they're peaking right now, but they're at least showing that like full profile where uh, with Skinner playing at this level, like they're going to be a really tough team to beat in a seven game series with how they've been rolling lately. Excellent stuff, Pete. Uh, People are looking for your work. Where is the best place to find it? Sure, NHL.com slash fantasy. Keep an eye out. In addition to the fantasy content, we do uh, betting podcasts. We have NHL Fantasy on Ice twice a week, and then we have the NHL Action Network collaboration podcast every Monday. So that's been a fun new thing this year. We also have NHL Edge content um, on NHL.com slash edge. That's advanced stats type content that I've been doing. And then also every day of the week, um, matchups and odds to watch you could find those on nhl.com slash fantasy as well where we kind of look at different angles to consider for puck line over unders and money line so it's been a lot of fun new content this year and you can find most of it there and you can find me on twitter and instagram at nhl jensen thanks for having me on thanks pete really appreciate it we'll talk to you later there you go pete jensen nhl fantasy and nhl.com Lots of great stuff they're doing, adapting, keeping up to date. You know, everyone wants those betting odds and the analytics in the NHL. I mean, maybe people have been critical of them in the past with think- how they've handled things, but they're rolling. Follow Pete on Twitter or X at NHL Jensen. He's got it all there. Yeah, the, the thing that really interests me about this stuff is the integration of advanced analytics into things like fantasy and betting all of a sudden. Because at first, when analytics were starting to make their foray into the world of, of uh, hockey in particular, it was like, okay, well, now each team has this department of, you know, uh, really intelligent people with all the right equations and numbers in front of them to maybe help... Um, whether it be a pro scout on players about like, well, this guy's undervalued because uh, he's not utilized right, whatever. But now we're seeing that really cross over into our more day-to-day fan lives as we do play daily fantasy, season-long fantasy, and uh, and make some betting picks too. So it's uh, I, I, I love reading Pete's stuff and uh, some of those podcasts that he mentions, like the information that they can get across and make it easy to understand for in layman's terms like for guys like me that don't really have a really firm grasp on some of the analytics they make it uh, pretty clear uh, clear as mud anyway uh, and help you get a comp- comprehension on it that you can execute when you're making your picks or, or setting your lineup each day yeah I mean I, I like analytics I like to see you know just how they how they compare to maybe what I see yeah like at least look at them as a tool when you I do the same thing, Connor. I like to use, you know, the eye test, as we call it. And you kind of say, okay, like if I'm seeing this and maybe it's not the same as what the 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 color commentator or the the play-by-play guy or the in-studio host of the intermission are saying that they're seeing it, it kind of differs then it's nice to have something to go back to and say okay well am I am I founded in what I'm seeing or am I totally out to lunch and it's a, some sort of pre-existing bias that's making me see these things it's just kind of nice to have multiple tools at your disposal um, when you're like what like I said when you're either setting a lineup um, making bets or even just trying to enjoy the game uh, as a generic fan so it's a, a a valuable tool but of course as anything um you know moderation and paired with other tools is usually its best way to to be executed 
100%. I'm just crossing on Twitter. Jim Harbaugh and the LA Chargers nearing an agreement to make him the new head coach. Oh, baby. The account verified. So he's got expendable income to buy Twitter blue, <laughs> which is a good sign. Very expensive. Is he uh, Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter? No, but he is uh, Scott, or sorry, Jacob Scott Davis. So fingers crossed on that one. Uh, text in here, Justin of Balgoni says, for a nickname... How about Don, who lives in a van down by the river? Or for short, Don in a van. Kind of sounds like Donovan. Don in a van. Don O'Van. Don in the van. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. <laughs> Don in a van. We'll, we'll think about it. We continue workshopping. We love the suggestions as exactly how to address our young, malleable intern, Donnie P. Donnie P. Don O. Vanny, I don't know. There's there's a lot of ways we could go. There's a lot of ways we shouldn't go. Donnie P-Boy. Donnie P-Boy. No? He's Donnie, shaking his head. He doesn't Donnie like that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll continue to workshop those. Text those in. I mean, that's a work in progress. That might be a four-month bit we have here. Nicknames <laughs> we'll, we'll, for we'll Donovan. Get, we'll get it nailed down by his final week of practicum, and he can take that out into industry and like when he's interviewing for jobs across the world he'd be like yeah listen this is my name at the top of the resume but this is what they call me in the biz and it's a paragraph of just every, every, every nickname we had come in here <laughs> it's 27 nicknames the lovely and talented Donovan. cat dad i thought you had two interns don and van no nice <laughs> just the one he does the, he does the work of two but it is just uh just the one and then lance says Sounds like a cup year. As of last night, the Oilers are cup favorites, posting odds. Plus 800, the Winnipeg Jets, the next closest. Oh, sorry. As are the Canucks and Bruins at plus 850. Oh, baby. Hop on the bandwagon. My $10 bet at the Bellagio might cash. What was it when you uh, made your... $10 would turn into 100. Oh, so 10 to 1. American. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. That'll finance the trip down to pick it up. I was going to say, once you once you get that conversion, <laughs> you uh, will break even. <laughs> I'll be reloaded. Now, also, we're going to get to a text next. Eden, father of Arius. I'm sure this will fire people up. It's regarding Edmonton's sweetheart, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's coming up after the break here on Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 1147. Might as well be the end of a third quarter out in Pittsburgh. Renegade playing. We're feeling good on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, and Don O'Mite, says Big Easy. Don O'Mundo, says Nardoc. We just call him Donovan the intern, but we are still taking nicknames here. one 401 if you'd like to send in a text message to the program. Coming up on the station today, of course, we got the Gregor Show coming up at 2 o'clock. But at noon, it will be the lowdown with low tide as well as Declan Kruger. And it looks like Declan, young Declan, does not have the lineup tweeted yet. But I'm sure they'll talk Oilers. Get you ready for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets as they roll into town today on the Jason Greger Show. We will be joined by Yarmo Kekalainen, general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets at 220. Dave McCarthy at 240. Sean Brown will be by, former NHLer at 3. We'll hear from Daryl Sittler. Heard of him. Hockey Hall of Famer. 320. Jason Strudwick. You've heard of him. Good guy. Got your back podcast and former NHLer. Then at 5 o'clock to get you ready for the game spec. And then Derek Van Deest of NHL.com. So a loaded show coming up on the Jason Greger show today. We'll keep an eye out for what's going to go down on the lowdown with low tide. 
text here. Uh, I think about uh, Renegade. I was just going to say, I took my son there in December 2017 when they beat the Giants. The crowd gets jacked for that song. I remember the Chargers talking about how that pumped them up once for a comeback against the Steelers. Uh, it's a good little tradition. Tomato Soup says, I can't stand Corey Perry. Also me. Welcome to the team, buddy. Tomato Soup. Yeah, I was just talking outside to a coworker and a little unsure about Corey Perry. I said, wait for the first scrum, and I think you'll start to like him. I, I think you'll be leaning that way. RBS says, why'd you do that to me? Every Steelers fan listening at work. I mean, RBS, you got to be fired up now, right? Here's my thing about this. When you play that in the middle of the game, whether it's like, you know, to try and f- like fire up the home team, obviously, and the fans in the in the stands, but like, does like you just said, it fires the other team up too. Yeah, for sure. They know about it when they're rolling in. Like, th- think about the compare that to say, um, like at uh, at Vatech when they play Enter Sandman coming out. Like, that's obviously they time it to the Hokies coming out of the tunnel. So it's kind of like it's obviously blaring like throughout the you know after that sake, and so the other team's probably already out on the field. But it's like I don't think that has the same. Um, effect is like an in-game one. We actually, this came up in a conversation with Spec uh, last week, I think, about like when uh, the Leafs, the Leafs-Oilers game and, you know, the atmosphere and everything. Like, even if you're a road team, when the crowd is loud and everything, like, that gets you just as fired up as it does if you're the home team, right? So, like, it can have an adverse effect, sort well, of. What do you want them to do? Not play Renegade? Correct. <laughs> cancel <laughs> Renegade, canceled. It's becoming too big of a problem. Well, I, I will say Renegade's great. But it jump, is. jump around Wisconsin Badgers great. football games after the third quarter, even better. Now that here, Another one in terms of what we're talking about, like the traditions of songs like that, like, because they do that no matter what. I don't think they, they don't, do they play Renegade no matter what? I think so. But like, what if you're down like 40 rip? Well... And only same, one thing can and, turn your fortune around. And then. here's the thing. Uh, no offense, Wisconsin. Classic Big Ten program. Uh, you know, fullback you. But. What? <laughs> Melvin Gordon? Okay, yeah. go ahead. Jonathan Taylor? But, like, they don't always put up a ton of points. And so, same thing. You're losing. Prob- like, so you're getting walked by Michigan or something. And then you play jump around. Like, it's still, the, the stands still go crazy. Like, the whole stadium's shaking. But does it lose some of its allure because you're really not that good of a team? Maybe. I think you're looking into this too much. You drink 24 Coors Lights, watch some <laughs> football, and hear jump around, and you if don't we, jump. If we compare that to the schools that play these songs like Vautech at the start of the game, like, it scores 0-0. Be as fired up as you want. Like, you might lose that game 40 nothing, but you're not yet. It's just an entrance. I like it. Every team has an entrance. Enter, but. enter Sandman. I, I, like, I'll be out. That's my favorite. Of, like college football ones anyway, of all these like song traditions and stuff, I think that one is my favorite. It's a good one. There's no denying. Okay, I want to get to this text. Came from Eden, father of Arius. If Nuge could finish and didn't miss so many grade A chances, McDavid would have a lot more points. In my opinion, Nuge is one of the biggest passengers on the team. He can't create anything on his own, nor can he drive a line of his own in a decade of trying. Eden father of Arius. I don't disagree that he can't carry a line. I mean, I think that he can be on a line and be a great complimentary piece. We've seen that with Drysdale McDavid. I mean, he, he can be very good. Uh, this month, he's got three goals. Sorry, two goals. And they came on the second. So he hasn't scored in the last seven games. In those games, he's got four points. 
I think it would have been a mistake to look at his stats from last year and think he's going to duplicate that's him that forever. Like that, that's not Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That was a heck of a year. And 104 points played every game. He was dynamic and he was, you know, he scored a lot of clutch goals on the power play too. When they needed that power play to get them out of a hole, he scored a lot of goals this year. More typical. I mean, but you, you know, you go back to some of the seasons that he's had 11 goals were just past the midway point that ties his 21, 22 total. Um, puts him on par for a couple other seasons. Yeah, you know, I think he'll get a couple coming up here, have a couple, maybe a two-goal performance and kind of get back on track. But he's he's been a part of what has probably been the best line in hockey for the month of January. I mean, yeah, you can look at his contract long-term if you want. Let's live in the moment. I don't know if we need to be too critical of Nuge right now. What Ryan Nugent Hopkins does, and I think Oilers fans, because you have two of the best players in the world, you undervalue this ability is even if you're not a top five player in the world an ability to play with top five players in the world Zach Hyman has it as well the ability like to play with players above your own ability the Chris Kunitz and do it affect the Chris Kunitz that's a that's about the best example that uh, that probably exists like Nobody thinks Chris Kunitz is as good of a player as Sidney Crosby. Nobody thinks Ryan Nugent Hopkins or Zach Hyman are as good a player as Connor McDavid. But the ability to play with them, and Nuge can do it. It's not like they just have individual chemistry with those players. Coaching staffs, past and present, have moved Ryan Nugent Hopkins up and down the lineup, and often where he goes, line success follows. I am not disagreeing with the points about saying, is he a line driver or could he like could he center a line with Evander Kane and Ryan McLeod and have it be very successful or Warren Fogle? I, I don't think so. But the ability to play with extremely talented players and finish most of the time, he's a little snake. I would say snake bit right now. He's cold. Like you said, Connor, a couple goals at the start of the month. But he's an incredibly smart player, is almost always in the right place. Um, does have the versatility that, say, McDavid gets waived, he can take face-offs, and it's not like an automatic loss. He's had success playing center and taking draws in his career pretty extensively, actually. I, like, I don't know. I, I feel Oilers fans, have it's almost love or hate with Ryan Nugent Hopkins because people like me maybe overvalue him a little bit, but I think people like uh, Eden here probably undervalue him too much and what like what he provides uh throughout the lineup not just because he doesn't bury every grade a feed mcdavid gets him yeah uh i mean i'd take him on my team any day i put him out there in any situation with a game on the line when you're up you're down i think you can put him out there uh, montana rice thinks all fans might be a little spoiled because they see t- a 97 and 29 yeah i mean he's uh, he's a very good player but can he drive his own line i guess that's a fair debate we'll take a break and when we come back, it'll be the lowdown flow tide. That means we're done, actually. So great show. Great show. It just flew by. Thank you, everyone who tuned in. Uh, big thank you to Pete Jensen as well. Check out the podcast. Subscribe, download. We appreciate it. Let's get to an update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com.